Like uh, Michael mentioned earlier, we are at the end of a a three-week series that we have been calling uh, A Life That Matters. And we have approached this concept, this idea, um, from two different ways. The first being that um, we all have value and we all have worth because we were all, have all been created and been given life by God. Um, This is this is why we have value. This is why we have worth. This is why our lives do matter. It's because God created us, because God loves us, because God alone gives us value and worth. So our lives matter to that end, but um, our lives uh, also matter in, in, in the everyday. And that is the, one of the, the chief things that we're going to drive home together this morning. So when we talk about a life that matters, we know that we have matter, uh, that our lives matter because God has created us. But the deeper question that we're asking is how do we live a life that matters? How do we have significance both here and in eternity? We all want our lives to count. We all want them to matter uh, for something, whether it's in our relationships or uh, in our work um, or in our, uh, the things that we achieve or in society, we want to make an impact. We want to leave a legacy. We want to do something that points past ourselves. And um, so this definition that Danny's kind of been driving through with us in terms of a life that matters, um, it's, it's to have a life that really matters. We must align our hearts and our actions to make God's glory known and praised. So what what does this mean? To align our hearts and actions um, so that God's glory would be known and praised. Essentially what we're saying is that every part of who we are, so our our thoughts, our affections, the way that we naturally, our minds naturally bend and turns, our actions, the things that we do, the way that we behave, the things that we say, that all of who we are, that they would align and they would point straight to the goodness of God that they would point to him and that people would know God's goodness and would praise God's goodness. They would praise him because our lives are pointing straight in his direction, pointing directly at him. Now, why would we do this? Why would we align our lives so that they would point directly toward God? God is the creator and he is the sustainer. He is not only the one who gives us life, but he is the one who, will, who causes us to outlive this life because of the worth that he gives us. God is our Father. God gives us his greatest goodness in his Son, Jesus, in the way that he offers us relationship to himself. So we would point to God because he is the greatest good. He's the one that gives us being, and he's the one that holds us together. So we point directly toward him. Um, The two things that we kind of anchor this idea on, living a life that matters, it's um, in 1 Corinthians 10.31, where Paul talks about everything that we do can be done for the glory of God. And in Matthew 5.16, where where Jesus is saying, let people see your good deeds, let people see your good works, who you are, let them see your life, your heart, your actions, and let them glorify your Father who is in heaven. In January, um, we launched our our church family um, in a very focused mission that we are a group of people together, this is our mission, that we are sending transformed people to influence their world for Christ. And this is in the everyday, this is in our schools, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in our friendships, every sphere of influence that we're in, we want to be about sending and being sent as transformed people who are influencing our world for Christ. So there are, there are three things in here. Danny has already walked us through this as well. We are, um, we are about sending. We're about going out into our direct sphere of influence. We 
are doing it as transformed people, people that have been reclaimed to the image of God by the person and work of Jesus Christ. We're transformed by him, not just changed, not just better people, not just people that make good influence in their neighborhoods or make smart moral decisions, but people that have been radically changed by the person of Jesus Christ. That is what we are going into our neighborhoods with. That is what we are walking into the workplace with. Not just behavior, but transformation through the person of Christ. And we want to influence every facet, every aspect, every person that we come in contact with with the goodness of God through the person of Jesus. So if this is our mission, what we are doing, we're, we're sending and being sent as transformed people that are influencing the world for Christ. The question is, so how do we do that? This is where we're headed. If this is what we're doing, how do we practically do that? And that's what we've been walking through these past two weeks and are going to continue with today. This is how we're doing what we're doing. Danny started us off and um, walked through the, the importance of meeting with God Um, that we have to have a living, active relationship with Jesus to be a part of living out this mission. We have to meet with him on a regular basis to not just know about him, but to actually know him. Last week, uh, we talked about meeting with others, the importance of being uh, intimately and deeply connected in one another's lives, not just on a surface level, not um, just through some kind of remote means, but directly face-to-face contact, um, knowing one another and being known by one another. And then this morning, we're going to talk about living with purpose. So we see these three things, these three aspects of how we're doing what we're doing. We're going we're gonna to be people that are, are sent and are sending as transformed people, to influence the world for Christ, we're going to do this by meeting with God, by connecting with others, and then by living with purpose. What we talk about this morning, this idea of living with purpose, I think that it is something that we um, very easily and deeply connect to all on um, very specific levels. I think it's something that we, we all really, really want, and we want it because God is a God of purpose. He created, and when he created, and he put atoms together and planets into place, he did so with very specific and intricate purpose. And when he created man and woman, when he created humanity, like he writes about in Genesis uh, chapter 1, he did so with very specific purpose and implanted within each one of us a desire, a need for purpose, for value, for worth, for belonging, to be about work that outlasts us and is worth more than we are. God planted that inside of us. He gave us that desire and then he fulfilled it in himself. God gives us purpose. He gives us value. He gives us worth. In Genesis 1, 26 and 27, we read that God created man and woman, that he created us in his image, that we would be people that bear his nature. Um, sometimes uh, when I am walking toward a, a building and it's got glass on the front doors or there's windows kind of walking alongside me, if, if there's glass in front of me and I'm walking, I will look in front of me and, and as I'm staring at the window, if it's real clean and the sun is just hitting kind of the right way, I will think, oh my goodness, my, my dad is walking directly toward me right? The Casa Booms, my dad's here, he's going to appreciate this. We have this really specific gait. We kind of like walk like monkeys. It's, you know what I'm saying? Like my arms hang and my dad, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm walking toward, um, I'll walk toward the glass and I will think Scott Casa Booms in town, right? And, and the closer I get, the more I realize that is not my dad. That is actually me. 
right? I'm carrying my father's image with me. I'm carrying his nature, right? And that is what God in creation has intended for each one of us, that we would walk around carrying his image, carrying his nature, that when people see us, they would see us walking with God's presence in front of us, that when people would look at us, they would see God's love, his care, his mercy, his grace, the core of who he is and the people that he has created. That's what God has done in in all of humanity. He has created us to show his nature, to carry his image. Our purpose in life, it is anchored in the goodness of God. But in our disobedience, we have cut the rope to that anchor and we are adrift at sea looking for purpose and value all on our own. We go away because of our our offense towards God, our pushback against him. He, he, He gives us love. He gives us his care. He gives us his attention. He gives us his complete control and his good nature. And what we do is we push back against that. And we say, we don't need your purpose. I've got my own purpose. I I don't need what you have for me. I've got what I have for me directly in front of me. And I'm going to pursue, I'm going to pursue that. And in our offense towards God, in our sin, we have pushed away from him. And that that image that he has created us to carry, it becomes marred and the glass becomes foggy. And it looks a lot less like God and a more like a, a broken person walking directly in front of me. We want to find true purpose and we want to find true value. And the only way that that true purpose and that true value, the only way that it is restored is through the person of Jesus Christ. The only way that purpose is restored is through the person of Jesus Christ. We can hunt, we can look, we can feel satisfaction, we can even feel value for a little while, but all of those things, all of those things will fade if they are outside of Jesus. This is the truth for us this morning, friends, that we can search, we can try, we can look, we can push, We can try and satisfy ourselves. We can try and find significance in things, but they will only last for a short time. I think we can all identify with this. We all want value. We all want worth. We all want to be affirmed. And the good news for us this morning, friends, is that we have value and we have been affirmed and we have been given significance and purpose because God gives it to us and he proves it. He proves it in the person of Jesus. That while this image is broken, that while our sin has broken our relationship with God, that God in his love for us, even in our offense towards him, that he sends someone, he sends his son, his only son, he sends him to earth to stand in our place and live in perfection, the perfect and exact image of God. He stands in our place without flaw, without sin, not distracted, living God's perfect, perfect purpose. He does that in our place. And then what he does is he takes all of this offense that we have toward God, all of this rebellion, all of this desire for our own purpose, he takes these things upon himself, this sin, this offense in his perfection, and he dies on the cross, taking the price for our offenses towards God. He dies in our place and he rises from the grave, handing over to us his victory handing over to us his perfect righteousness that we could have a right relationship with God. Friends, this is good 
news for us this morning. This is good, good news for us. We're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Although all of Scripture talks about God's purpose for us, we're going to look at one passage this morning. Though that we could look at many, it was kind of hard to nail down directly where we were going to land because God's purpose for us, God's purpose for us as his people, it's everywhere. It's all throughout Scripture. We're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're going to look in uh, verses 14 through, through 21. It says, for the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all that, though, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As we think about purpose this morning, I think that there are, um, it is seen in this passage really clearly what our purpose is. And our only purpose, our only hope in life and in death is to point people to the goodness of God and Jesus Christ. Our purpose is to point people to Jesus. That is our purpose. That is our hope. That is our aim. That is our goal. All of who we are, everything we do, every breath we take, if, we're, if it's going to be infused with any sort of purpose, any sort of value, any sort of worth, it's going to point people to Jesus. In this passage this morning, we see this kind of picture of transformation and this idea of purpose just unpacked very, very clearly. I think that we see, we see five different things in this, this passage from uh, 2 Corinthians this morning. The first is when we place our hope and our trust in Jesus Christ, his love controls us. The love of Christ controls us. This is what we see really clearly in verse 14. And when we talk about this idea of control, the way that this word shakes out um, in translation is, is control is not just dictating move or pointing direction. I think that that's oftentimes how we look at the idea of control. This word actually means it's this concept of being held together. Um, if you look at earlier writings, even a chapter ahead in 2 Corinthians, Paul talks about, um, he talks about vessels, he talks about tents, things that are fragile but have to be constructed and have to be held together. And it's the love of Christ that in giving us purpose, it controls us, it holds us together, it gives us direction, it, it points us in a common way toward the same mission and the same purpose. It's the love of Christ that we have seen for us, we've experienced in the forgiveness that we have through Jesus. The second thing that we see in verse 15 is that it is through Jesus that we no longer live for ourselves, but we live for Jesus. We live for Jesus no longer for 
ourselves. So our purpose, it actually kind of gets reoriented, right? Normally, we would think this idea of of life would be self-fulfillment, self-betterment. We would get the things that we want. We would find satisfaction and meaning in the things that we do. We would um, work hard. We would labor in our families. We would labor in the workplace. We would build good friendships. We would build a good reputation. All of those things are oftentimes inward-oriented, Through the goodness of God, we live for Jesus, no longer for ourselves. In verse 17, the third thing, we see that Christ makes us new and he turns us outward. So when we see where Paul is writing here that that in Christ we are new creations, we have to be reformed, we have to be remade. Because in and on our own, we're only going to keep going hard and fast in the same direction. We're only going to keep going hard and fast after our own pursuits. But in Christ, we're made new. Our eyes are turned no longer inward, but they are now turned outward as we're following Jesus, outward toward others, outward to those who are around us. The fourth thing that we see is as we are made new and we are turned outward, that we are given a very clear message. And this morning, this is what we rally around, that we are Christ's messengers. Man, when you read 2 Corinthians 5 and you look at those, those uh, three verses, 18, 19, and 20, and you see that God has reconciled the world. He has made right his relationship with everyone, um, and he's offered it through the person of Jesus Christ. And then what Paul tells us is this mission, this message that he has, that right relationship with God can be gained, that true purpose in life can be found, but only be found in Jesus. Then what he says is that this message that it's entrusted to us, that we're the people that get to carry this good news to everybody that we come in contact with. We get to carry good news to everybody that we are around, that it's entrusted to you and to me. We are God's messengers. So his love controls us. We live for him, not for ourselves. We're turned outward, not inward. We are messengers carrying this very clear, purposeful message And then verse 21, it is our message that we carry a message of hope in the middle of hopelessness. The way that that this passage reads in verse 20, it says that God made Jesus to be sin for me. God, God made Jesus to be sin, to take on my offense, to make this great exchange that my offense would in turn be through Christ be given me Jesus's righteousness, that all of my offenses would be exchanged for Jesus's perfection, that we no longer live under condemnation, but we live in hope, that all of these things that are going wrong around us or that may lead us to frustration or feelings of hopelessness, that there is hope in the middle of it, and that hope can only be found in the good news of Jesus. This passage points us to purpose. This passage points us to the good news of Jesus for us that actually is good news. We talk about God loving us. We talk about God having purpose for us. And we see God's love for us and his purpose in Jesus. So if our purpose, if it's rooted in creation, if sin causes us to cut loose the anchor and then we're adrift a sea looking for purpose on our own, but then our purpose is restored through the person of Jesus, 
Why oftentimes do we still find ourselves in places where we are floundering? We're looking for a way to find our true north, where we can head in the right direction and we can find purpose that really does seem to make us feel meaningful or or find value. Why, if this is the case, if Jesus is directly in front of us, do we still move in that direction? Um, I think that the, the comfort that we find is in Scripture and the way that it's written. We see oftentimes there are two extremes presented in Scripture, both in the way that people relate to God and the way that God um, relates to people. We are a people of extremes. We swing hard in one direction or the other. You see this often in uh, younger children. When things are great, they are really, really great. And when things are bad, I see some smiling parents. They are really really bad, right? We can go from this being the best day ever to why did this day ever happen like that? We see it so much in younger kids because it's at the core of who we are. We swing to great or we swing to despair. We swing in one direction or the other. And I think that these two directions, these two things, these are the obstacles that are in front of us and really pursuing God's purpose for us in Christ Jesus. We have two core obstacles Extreme comfort, where we are looking for comfort to whatever cost or to whatever means. And the other is extreme ambition, where we feel like we can find purpose or pursue purpose to our own comfort or to our own ambition. These are the two things that get in the way for us. When we look at extreme comfort by itself, this idea, we see it as being an obstacle to purpose because it it values comfort. It values what I like and what I desire and my ease over other things. It's seen really clearly in laziness and apathy. I'm not pursuing God's purpose for me because I value my own comfort more than I value God's purpose for my life. The second, in extreme ambition, we see this in our culture all around us. We live in a place with extremely ambitious people, people that work hard, that work long hours, that are very good at what they do, and it is easy for us to get lost in the busyness of our daily lives and, not, and be sidetracked away from God's purpose that he has directly in front of us. We can do this with our jobs, we can do this with our families, and we can honestly even do this with the church We can get so caught up in accomplishment and good and doing good things that we lose sight of the purpose that God has directly in front of us. And what is our one purpose? Our one purpose is to point people to Jesus. These obstacles, they are in front of us. So what do we do with them? What, when we maybe identify in one direction or the other, maybe we, we lean harder toward extreme comfort or lean harder toward extreme ambition. These are the two things that distract us from God's purpose directly in front of us. We have to name that. We have to name what it is. What is when I think about the things that keep me from my one purpose, from pointing people to Jesus... When I ask myself, what keeps me from doing that? I have to identify it. I have to name the imposter. I have to name what is telling me it's going to accomplish something that it will never be able to do. Because purpose found anywhere other than than Christ is an imposter. It promises something, something that it is not and never will be. We have to name it. What is your imposter? 
What is it for you that distracts you from God's purpose in Christ Jesus? That if we are a people that are redeemed, if we are a people that are literally, the way that Scripture writes about it, are brought from death, no, no lung, breath in our lungs, no heart beating in our chest, completely separated from God, but through Christ Jesus, we are made alive. We are transformed. We are redeemed. We are in right relationship with God, and we will spend life past this life in perfection, in eternity with him. If that's really who we are, the question that we have to ask is, if Jesus is the only way that that relationship can be restored, then what is distracting me from that purpose of pointing people to Jesus? We have to name that imposter. What's causing me to stop short? Is it comfort? Is it ambition? Is it laziness? Is it success? What is it that points me in a direction different than Jesus? What distracts me? We have to identify this imposter. We have to repent of trying to find success apart from Jesus. And we have to believe in God's goodness for us, that he loves us, that he cares for us, that he gives us purpose and worth and value, and that he does it through Jesus. So here are some questions, and these are just some kind of uh, points that I want us to think through a little bit this morning as we process this a little bit deeper. If I'm going to live with purpose, if I'm going to point people to Jesus, what are some points that I can look at in my life and, and ask God to, to kind of help me realign, to make my, my heart and my actions align to give God glory and praise? What are some things that I can look at? So here's some, just, uh, some assessment questions. We, we want to be people that are pointing each other within this body and pointing others, those outside of the family of faith. We want to be people that are constantly pointing people to Jesus. But we often want to do this with ease. We often want to do this in a way that won't uh, cost us anything. I know that, that I like to help people when it is easiest for me. And I may be the only person that feels like that. I like to help people when it's easiest for me. If it is something that is on my way and I'm going to go there, sure, I'm going to drop you off. That is absolutely no problem. If I've got some excess money in the budget this month, man, it's really easy for me to give and to, and to support. If it's going to not take me away from my family and the little bit of margin that I, ha- that I have in the evening, man, it's easy for me to sacrifice. But this is completely opposite of what God's purpose for us is in Christ Jesus. Serving is difficult. Sacrifice is costly. And we have to lean into that. So these assessment questions, these ideas, there there are six things that I just want to kind of briefly, briefly walk through together this morning with this idea that we are people of purpose when we are pointing others to Jesus. The first is um, we, we need to be sure that we are meeting with God and we are connecting with others, okay? Um, we can't find purpose apart from God, and we identify that purpose in the context of relationship with, with other people. So to talk about trying to find purpose apart from meeting with God and apart from connecting with others is only going to lead us down this kind of like place where we're only trying to find the best things about ourselves. We're turning inward. We're trying to find purpose and value and worth in us. We've got to be meeting with God. We've got to be connecting with him, and we need to talk to other people about about the direction that he is leading us as we're pointing people to Jesus. I, um, 
uh, when, when I was kind of like processing through this message and thinking about how we try to find purpose in and of ourselves, I kept um, thinking back to the early 90s and on Saturday Night Live with Stuart Smalley. Anybody remember this? He used to always say, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. It's the same, th- he'd, he'd do every little segment the exact same way. And it's like he was affirming himself, finding purpose in himself and as a means to find comfort, as a means to find satisfaction. And if we are not meeting with God, if we are not connecting with others, then we're doing the exact same thing. We're just in the self-perpetuating cycle of trying to find value and significance and worth in who we are. Are we meeting with God? Are we connecting with others? Next, I think that we need to look is, uh, are we living with purpose in here? Okay, I'm just some short sentences here. Are we living with purpose in here? Are we living with purpose among the family of faith? Are we people that are constantly looking to, to serve and care for one another as we're pointing each other towards Jesus? Am I leveraging my resources for others' good? My time, my finances, my abilities, am I serving or am I waiting to be served? Am I pointing to Jesus here in our family? Are you looking in your Sunday school class? Are you looking at the person in the pew next to you? And are you asking the question, how can I point them to Jesus? Is it happening here? The next thing we need to think about is, are we pursuing purpose out there, outside of these walls? After we walk out of these doors, how are we pointing people to Jesus? And this is where we are every day. You guys, we get here on Sunday morning and we are here for three, four hours. You serve during the week maybe or a part of a Bible study for maybe another hour or two during the week. There are some of you that maybe you additionally volunteer maybe three or four hours as well. But the majority of your life is spent outside of these walls and is spent around people that do not know the goodness of God through the person of Jesus. The majority of our time is there. And so the question is, are we living with purpose out there? Are we pointing people to Jesus out there? Um, we, uh, this summer, we had some new, new neighbors move in next door to us. They're actually probably here this morning, but um, they moved in next door and they had been moving boxes all day. And I, I go outside uh, to meet them, to be neighborly, to say hello to them. And um, it's real brief introductions. I think that uh, Kevin actually had boxes in his hand when he was moving. So I'm just, hello, Chad, Holly, we've got all sorts of kids next door. You're going to see them running around. If they come and try and take over, just send them back to us. And um, over there meeting them. And I come, come back inside, and one of our sons, um, he asked two questions. He says, what are their names? I said, well, their names are Kevin and Kirby. And he says, uh, did you tell them about Jesus? Okay. Um, I said, well, buddy, I uh, just got to talk to him real quick and um, just got to say hello to him. I, I'm, I'm definitely going to get to talk to him again, and I'll, I'll, I'll make sure and, and ask him about that. Um, but for him, for our son, the purpose was clear in front of him, and it was in a very simple way. But I walked out those doors. I was out there, and he wanted to know if I was living with purpose. If what I say matters to me most in life, why would I not ask or share with someone else? If you think about it like this, if we, if there's probably about 2,000 people in this room this morning, 
okay? And if we all, within the next week, shared the good news of Jesus, if we lived with purpose, pointing people to Jesus, people that don't know him, if we walked out there and were pointing people to Jesus, 2,000 new people would hear of the name of Jesus in one week because of this faith family, because of everyone sitting in this room. If we even just cut it in half, and we said 1,000 people, half of who's here, if we went out and we lived on purpose, pointing people to Jesus over the course of this next week, 1,000 people would hear about Jesus. There are 1.128 million people in the metro Birmingham area. And if a thousand of us walked out of this room, it would, be, it would be a small drop in the bucket of the task that is in front of us. But if we did it this week, and we did it next week, and we did it the week after that, and we did it the week after that, and we did it the week after that, in one year, we could tell 1% of Birmingham, which sounds like a small number, but we're just talking about our little family here in this room. We could tell 1% of Birmingham about the goodness of Jesus simply by living on purpose where we are in the everyday with the people that you work with, the people that you go to school with, the people that live next door to you, the people that are in your social organizations, the people that you serve with on the PTO. Think about it even in terms of your direct family. There are people who do not know the goodness of God to us in Jesus. And if we live on purpose, and we're just telling one person a week that lived directly around us, we're already hitting 1%. Just our family, just us. The task is big. But do we remember what we learned in 2 Corinthians 5? What did God say? That is our job. Our job is to tackle that task, to be messengers of the good news of Jesus where we are, that God loves people and he wants to reconcile, have right relationship with people. And he does that through Jesus. And that's our message. That's what we get to carry. We get to point one another to Jesus in here and we get to point one another to Jesus out there. Number four, we get to do this uniquely as God has made us. And he's created each one of us differently, but all with the same purpose. We have different passions, different gifts, different abilities. When we choose to follow Jesus, his spirit gives us gifting that is good for the church and good for those outside the church. And I'd encourage you, to, to really seek to live on purpose the way that God has made you. Don't look at somebody else and say, I want to live on purpose like that purpose person is living. But look at what is directly in front of you. How can you live on purpose where you are the way that God has made you? We've got some great tools and resources here at the church. Uh, we've got a, a program and some assess- assessments called Divinely Designed. You can go to the volunteer desk after the service. And this is a great starting point. If you're asking, how can I point people to Jesus the way that God has specifically made me, this is a great place to start. I'd encourage you to go by and check that out. Because God has this general purpose for all of us that we'd point people to Jesus, but he's got this specific purpose for each one of us. The way that he has made us each uniquely. We need to pursue that. We need to ask him to show that to us. The two last things are that we need to pursue, live with purpose, pointing people to Jesus in the ordinary And we need to do it in the extraordinary. I think that we oftentimes look to the extraordinary. We look for the mission project. We look for something that the church has organized or a program that the church has put together. 
And we want to be about doing those things. We, that, that we want to be a church that equips people to take the good news of Jesus um, in their everyday and all over the place, in the extraordinary. But this, this, this is the everyday. This is the thing that seems mundane. This is pointing our kids to Jesus in parenting, pointing our roommates to Jesus in our living circumstances. This is living on purpose in every avenue that God has intentionally placed us in our direct sphere of influence. As we look at these things, as we look at this list here, these are some questions that we, we need to ask. God, as we, if, if we are people who have placed our hope and our faith in Jesus, God, how would you have me more specifically lean in a direction in pointing people toward Jesus? What area am I, am I lacking? What area am I deficient? Because if you look at this list, this list is all of life. There's not a thing, there's not a thing missing from here. Are you meeting with God, connecting with others? Are you, are you pointing people to Jesus in here, in our family? Are you pointing people to Jesus? Am I pointing people to Jesus out there in the ordinary, in the unique way that God has made me, in the extraordinary? Friends, I have to tell you that we do a really good job, not perfectly, we do a really good job in here. We do a really good job connecting with others. We're here this morning, we're worshiping, we're seeking to meet with God. But we have got to get outside these walls in the ordinary and in the everyday and point people to Jesus. We have to. It's what he has made us for. Not to just stand around with ourselves and talk about how good he is and just kind of celebrate it inside. We need to do that. But we need to take it outside. There are people around us that are dying and will spend an eternity separated from God because they do not know the good news of Jesus. And that is our message. We are the messengers. God loves people and has made a way to himself through his son Jesus. And that is our job. When Jesus was ascending into heaven, he left one charge. And what was his one charge? Go and tell people about me. Go tell people that God loves them, that I came for them, and that they can spend eternity with me, life past life, with me in heaven forever. And the bonus is that while they're still here, he's going to be with us. He's going to give us purpose. He's going to allow us to point people to the greatest good that God has given us in Jesus himself. That is our mission. That is our charge. We have got to be about it. We're not about a church growth strategy. We're not about filling pews or seats. We are about people knowing Jesus. That is our charge. That is our mission. That is our purpose. So did you tell them about Jesus? Did you tell them about Jesus? This morning, this is not a message of condemnation. This is a message of conviction. That God has given us everything that we need in life to follow Jesus faithfully. He has done it in himself. And that part of following Jesus faithfully is talking about the faithfulness of God to us and Jesus to those around us who do not know him. If we love him, if we trust him, if we have known and experienced his goodness to us, 
We must live with purpose, pointing people to Jesus. Can we do this, church family? Can we do this together? Can the people around us know the goodness of God through Jesus because of us? Because we will say, we will ask, we will not be afraid. We will trust that he is with us. That we will speak the good news and we will count on God to save the people. Will we live with purpose? Let's pray together this morning. Let's ask God to enable us, to give us boldness, to to remove any discouragement from us. Let's pray, let's ask him to help us to live with purpose, to tell people and point people to Jesus. Let's pray together and ask him to do that. We you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? This morning, Father, we come in here and we hear your good word to us. We hear this word that you love us, that you care for us that you've brought us back into good standing with yourself because of Jesus, and that you charge us to point one another and to point others to your goodness to us in Christ. And so this morning, I ask for us, we ask together that you would place within us a conviction, a strong desire to live with purpose, pointing those around us to Jesus, that we would speak the words of the gospel, that, that, that we would say that God loves you and he has a plan for you, and that plan can only be accomplished from, by turning from yourself and turning to Jesus, our only way to God, that we would speak those words to others, that we would be your hands, that we would be your feet. God, would you even place within our minds right now, you would give us a name, you would show us a face of someone that we can speak this good news to, even this week. That we would tell those around us of your goodness to us in Jesus. That we would live with purpose, not to just check a box, not just to feel good about ourselves, but because this is what you have made us for. God, would you do that? Would you let us experience the good of following your plan for us, of fulfilling that purpose? And would you do it for your glory? Would you do it so that people in our neighborhood, in our community, would come to know Christ? We pray these things in his name. Amen.